Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Burnout has reached alarming high levels, especially post-COVID-19 pandemic. We are adapting to the new normal of work with work-life balance challenges. Today I speak with leadership coach and mom of two teenagers, Katie Murray. In her new book, Change Makers, she presents an actionable plan to expand your influence, step forward and make a difference at work. We talk about knowing your definition of success, increasing your joy and boosting your energy whilst also managing overwhelm and preventing burnout. The UK gender pension gap is 38% on average, rising to almost 60% in some regions. There are barriers at almost every stage of a woman's life, limiting her ability to save for retirement. Today's sponsor is Pension B. Pension B is a leading online pension provider that has enabled thousands of savers to be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. You can download the app or head to pensionb.com for more information or speak to their team of beekeepers. Just remember that capital is at risk. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. We're here today to talk about your book, but more broadly, I mean, your, your book is called Change Maker. What is a change maker? So in my job, I get to be alongside women who are making changes in their workplaces. They're seeing there's a pay gap or they're seeing there's some inequality or there's microaggressions or there's barriers that people are facing and they want to make a difference in their own workplace for themselves, but also for others. And then I'm working with other women who are involved with issues or causes that they care about, like reproductive justice, for example, yeah. which is particularly live for us all at the moment or climate change or HIV AIDS or whatever those issues are. And I'm really privileged to, those are my clients. Those are my um, colleagues and people that I'm working with day in, day out. And we can all be change makers, whether we choose to be in that kind of role with the work that we do, or just in how we, if you think about money, how we spend yeah. our money, how we save our money, where we invest it, we can think about where that money's getting invested and what those other companies are supporting. So we can be thoughtful about how we use all of our resources, time, energy, money to make a difference in the world and, and to support those things that we that we care about. I feel like the days are quite dark right now. <laughs> we can feel yeah. like uh, some really fundamental rights are being kind of slowly stripped away. And so we we need our voices and our collective energy and we need to use our privilege such, you know, such that we have a voice and such that we feel we have privilege we we can use it um, and we need all of us to do that collectively to make a difference yeah and I think what's quite interesting is I mean the full title of your book it's also how to step up without burning burning out yes. um, and for me being a change maker the idea of it is amazing like there's so many things I want to do and I, I believe I'm a change maker and yes. I always want to do more But I feel there's always something that has to give. And what is it? And burning out is maybe one of the extreme, but, you know, you, you'll have, there's a lot of efforts 
you know, to become a change maker. And you have to sort of pick your battles because you can't change everything at the same time. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, like, you know, the challenges and how you can put yourself in the best, you know, situation. And where and we choose to put our energy. I think that's exactly. what you're referencing. Yeah. And, and I'm really passionate about us resourcing ourselves well and, our, and centering our own well-being and our own resilience because exhausting ourselves for whatever change it is we want to be part of, yeah. that's that's not a good result yeah. for anybody. So that resilience and well-being piece is really central for me. And I think too, it can be a bit overwhelming when we think we have to be involved in everything and we yeah. have to, again, as women, we can kind of shoulder all these burdens. And I in my work, I focus a lot on joy and finding where's the joy day to day. I know you talk about that a lot too in your work with women around money. And it's it's finding the things that actually energize us and yeah. give us a boost. So we're not just adding more and more heavy load. That's that's not what this is about. Yeah. And and in your role, I mean, because you you, you coach, you know, executives and CEO, I mm. think there's I mean the word success and what does success mean is quite at the center of conversation and we are sort of bombarded why, you know, why, what is, what is the definition of, of success? And we all have a, a, a different definition, but mm. it's not to get pulled into someone else's definition right. of success. So how do you know that you're on track and, and actually how do you know where you're going and what is mm. going to be your own definition of success? Such a great set of questions. And I think we are socialized, aren't we? Whatever whatever part of the world we live in and whatever culture we're in, our culture will also tell us what success means or should look like. So like you say, there are all these other expectations from outside of ourselves. So there's something about getting really quiet and listening inside and listening to ourselves. Again, that joy piece that I mentioned and the things that you love to do, the things that are your strengths, the things that give you energy, those are clues as to where your change-making contribution can be, where your success can be. And that if we define success as what's going to give us joy, then money is a part of that and our career might be a part of that. But there's so much else in life that's going to be part of that too. So I think it's about exploration and experimentation too, isn't it? Because we don't immediately know those things in our lives. We have to push a few doors and we have to try a few things and um, get feedback and fail and you know, enjoy things and then think, oh, that was good. Let me do more of that. And all of this is a bit of a journey to find out and uh, lean lean more into that, I guess. And do you see for, for women that success can be a scary thing to achieve? Well, I think we are, again, socialized for competition. Mm-hmm. We're socialized for comparison. We grow up and we learn that there's not really enough. And so we have to kind of fight for whatever place there is. And so inside corporate environments and organizational workplaces, I think there can often be that sense of there's not enough space for all of us. So success can be very loaded and there can be so much judgment around it. I think, again, this is about knowing what it is that we each individually want, isn't it? And also being able to say, from that place of abundance and I know we're in a time of scarcity at the moment there's a lot of uh, austerity there's a cost of living crisis it can be hard to feel in that abundant place but actually there is there's room for all of us there's enough space for all of us you talked about a meeting today in Manchester and and that that space of women together collaborating so we're not in competition we're not going to compare it's really hard for us to do that we have to do a lot of unlearning and then actually what does it mean for me to really cheer you on and really collaborate with you and maybe it will be reciprocal maybe it won't be and we and we can take some risks there can you talk about the importance of knowing yourself you talk a lot in the book about your 
inner work and self-awareness? Like I said earlier, this is about getting quiet and I often work with my clients and ask them, what do you want? And it's a really it's so hard easy to question. Answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an easy question. It's so hard to answer. And actually, have we have we ever really asked ourselves that and yeah. gone deeper than because initially what comes up is often everyone else's expectations for us or what we think we should want or what we think other people want for us. And so really sitting with that question, what do you actually want? And it comes back to that definition of success. Now, what do I really want is really powerful. It's very, very simple, but that's a good start place, I think, to to sit with that question, let it sort of marinate in you for a bit and stir and stir you. And the other thing I would suggest around just getting to know ourselves. And again, it might link with that success question. At the end of every day, we can look back on our day and our brains will tend to go for the negative stuff that's happened or some of the difficulties will be perhaps forefront. But we can take some time to say, well, what did I contribute today? And it can be really small, small things. It can be a smile as we were crossing a road. It can be something that you did that encouraged somebody else. It can be something massive that you did at work or something super tiny. And when we start to notice the things that we're contributing, we're again getting to know what it is that lights us up and we're building that that success competency by which yeah. I mean that belief in ourselves that we can, we can <laughs> um, do those things that we want to do. So yeah, that's a start place if it's if it feels new for for you to explore or for the, others listening in to like really know ourselves. And um, this is a lifelong journey, isn't it? To know who we are, listen in to our inner dialogue, feel our feelings, connect with our body. What's all that data telling us it's all data for us yeah but i love this idea of um you know journaling and 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 gratitude and it's something i wasn't doing until i guess last year and and as you say you focus on the negative you haven't done enough you still have this to-do list that's like three pages all the inner critics so loud yeah Yeah. and it's and it continues and then if you just stop and even if you do it once a week end of the week and you write three things or in the morning when you wake up writing three things it takes you like you know one minute yes and that just puts a you know, some perspective. And it's in the moment it feels good. And that's a good thing because we're we're allowing our bodies to reset into that more positive state. And we are, if we're taking a breath and breathing, we're also kind of calming down out of our threat response. And we're, we're activating a little bit more of that relaxation response in our bodies. That's all good for our bodies. So it's great in the moment. And it's also then if we're doing that regularly, guess what, over time, we're recognizing again and again and again that we're showing up for our dreams, that we're contributing more and more to the life that we want to create, that we're making the contribution in wider society that we want to. And we start to, again, just increase our own confidence and sense of efficacy. I can do that even in really tiny, tiny, I'm all for the small, like let's celebrate the small wins, the small steps of progress that maybe no one else would see as a win, but you can acknowledge I showed up, I sent that email, I had that conversation, small things. And over time that builds and builds and builds and can really help us keep on track if we're back to your question about success if we're clear about where we do want to go maybe with our financial goals it's all about those small commitments and showing up for those isn't it consistently yeah how can we build resilience and manage our energy better yeah big topic and um lots more in the book but a couple of thoughts i have this 
idea of myself as a battery and I think about where's my battery energy how topped up am I at any point am I like draining out or am I feeling really topped up so just start to notice through the day and I quite like having that image and I can just picture that and through the day I'll notice and you'll have all these different ebbs and flows which is really normal as women and when we're cycling through the month we'll have ebbs and flows obviously the weather and the climate and the kind of external season affects our energy too because our culture is A to Z go 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 linear always on push 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 through (laughs) and the expert expectations your energy battery is always high the reality is our bodies and our minds our spirits drain of energy and we need to be topped up so that idea of seasons really helps with that more cyclical Um, but when you start to track your ebbs and flows you can also see well what do I need right now if I'm feeling like my phone draining out I need to plug in I need to recharge is it a little nap is it a drink is it you know, more hydration, fresh air, whatever, I can start to manage my energy day to day a little bit more. Again, it starts with that noticing and that self-awareness. So the energy, the battery tracker can help with with that noticing piece. And if I go back to your first question, which is, you know, asking yourself, what do you want? Mm. Do you have a few tips on starting to write like your goals? in life yeah so that question what do you want and in the book I I lead you through a visualization that can really help your imagination and tap into your like creative and intuitive insight and wisdom and really hear your inner wisdom so you can get that um, I, I lead you through on a bonus and you can read it in the book and that's a really good way of seeing your goals yeah. in in your imagination and then you can start to put words around that as you suggest and well what does that look like in a few years time or in a few months time or a few weeks time or a few days time how do I break that down it's about making it really simple and doable again so we can do those little small steps and celebrate those and not get overwhelmed by this big thing perhaps we want to do but yeah. it can feel so huge and actually life frankly is you know full and hectic and tough <laughs> and full of pain and stress at times so we can't always be feel like we can work towards our big goals I do a practice and that I share in the book which is about setting intentions and you just choose one thing you're going to progress that day and that's not your whole to-do list that's one thing that will help you progress yeah. towards your bigger goal and again like the small wins or celebrating every week you're seeing little ways that you are progressing it builds your belief and hope that it's possible and you actually do make progress because you're doing a little bit each day and it's not too overwhelming because i guess once you know we were talking just before the 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 recording about social media Mm. and how things can trigger you or success and you're like wow you know for me to get there it's going to take me so much. But actually, maybe it's not your goal. It's maybe not what you actually want. And, and that can be such a what, distraction. Yeah. yeah. And if it's what you want, just break it down and, you know, you'll get there. For sure. Well, if it is what you want, then that little spike of jealousy, really, yeah, or envy, because that's what it is. That's yeah. what's behind it. And if we can really connect with that emotion, which we don't talk a lot about, and it can feel quite an uncomfortable thing to yeah. talk about. But if you notice, what is it that I'm really... What, what is that little spike about? And check in with yourself. Do I actually want that for myself? And yeah. you're right. If you don't, then stop being distracted. Yes. Let that mute, person get on yeah, mute or celebrate that <laughs> yeah. person's. I yes, mean, brilliant. Exactly. And yeah. use that inspiration. Wonderful. But don't let it derail you. Yeah. If it is something that you want, then there's that really challenging question of like, okay, how? Let me now work on myself. How am I going to achieve that for myself? And again, that's in a way a tougher play. That's a bit more of a okay, let me now do the work yeah. so that I can have my version of that. Katie, why do we procrastinate and how can we stop doing this? 
lots of reasons and so there isn't a sorry there's not an immediate simple straight answer I think the first thing is to explore well notice that you're procrastinating you're not doing the thing that you supposedly want to do just notice that that's happening and notice if it's a pattern it's like oh for weeks I've been putting this thing off and then go a little bit deeper into what's going on for you what's going on in your emotions what do you notice in your self-talk and sometimes we procrastinate things because we don't actually believe in the thing that we've been asked to do it doesn't align with our values it doesn't sit right with us so we just don't do it we 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 resist it on a deeper level sometimes we procrastinate because we don't actually want the thing that we said we want so back to that earlier question you raised for us about what do I want so when we go a bit deeper and check in with ourselves we can be really honest and say do I actually need to do this thing or actually do I need to have a conversation with somebody else and negotiate or reprioritize or ditch it from my list Sometimes we're procrastinating because we have a lot of fear or we have a lot of overwhelm. It feels too big or we don't know where to start. Like There's lots of different reasons. So it's about getting underneath it and looking at why it's going on. And then we can get a plan around, around what we do with that. Now it's a tricky subject, but I wanted to talk a little bit about privilege. Sure. What is it? How can you define it? And also, how can you identify it mm. and make it... A superpower, you talk about superpower in the book. Um, privilege can have like a super bad rep. So if you could tell me a little bit sure. about it. So I think we're uncomfortable at times to talk about our privilege. We can feel defensive. We can feel like we're going to lose something in the conversation or mm -hmm. it can feel like something we have is under threat. And I like to think about it as, again, it's about knowing ourselves, knowing who we are in our identity. What is What are the parts of me Um, and who I am, which is um, most of which is unearned and undeserved. It's just kind of who I am in this body. What is it that, how does it allow me to move around in the world and navigate the world? And so if I speak for myself as a white woman, cisgender, which means I'm comfortable with the gender I was assigned at birth, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, I'm able-bodied, I'm neurotypical. So I hold massive privilege just in yeah. kind of who I am when I wake yeah. up in the morning. Nothing to do with what I've done or how hard I've worked or not. Nothing that I've earned. It's just, it's kind of the body that I'm in. Um, some of our characteristics are visible, some are invisible. We can make all these judgments about other people and all these biases can come into play. But when we know that's the privilege that I hold, that enables me to walk safely through the streets at particular times of day there are yeah. times when I don't feel safe and that's part of what I have to navigate and um, that's really different for me as a white woman than it is for people of other ethnicities walking through the streets the microaggressions people experience in the workplace really different to how I navigate the workplace so I can start to see oh it's just who I am and it means I have a different experience than perhaps other colleagues who are different to me so when we flip that and we say okay how do we value the differences and really um, embrace them and yep. enjoy them we can really see who our colleagues are I also wanted to think about this how do we create kind spaces for people for ourselves and for other people it feels like our workplaces our wider society can feel very unkind at times yep. and part of my privilege is that I don't experience a lot of that unkindness, but a lot of my friends and colleagues do every day, day in, day out. So the more I kind of educate myself about that and realize it, it's not for me to feel bad or guilty or even, well, any of, I mean, I can feel those things, but then it's like, let me move through that. Let me not get stuck in that. How do I use what I have? So my question would be, 
what privilege do we each have where who you are and your identity gives you access it gives you a voice it gives you some power it will be different in different contexts so now I'm a little bit older I'm now in my 40s I used to be like the youngest person in a lot of rooms I was in I used to be the only woman in a lot of rooms I was in now I'm nearer the kind of the more of the older people that are in the room or I'm not the only woman in the room so the situations change over time but we can think about how can we use the voice we do have now people look to me to have expertise yeah. and look to me to say something where before in my 20s I was having to kind of like try and raise my yeah. hand to speak up it was a really different context still me but different different context how can you use that to then make a difference for others how do we support one another yeah. how do we you know where I have some privileges around that where you have some privileges around that how can we support ourselves and others so it's it's kind of taking like a wider perspective on the people around us and helping us to be more empathetic and more compassionate with so for me privilege once you get into that space it's it's a real it's a it's a joy and a super that's what I mean by it being a superpower is like how can I use this really positively how can we show up in our own sphere of influence and speak up I feel this is something we are doing a lot more But, you know, there are still so many like barriers that it's it's still quite difficult. Mm. There are barriers and there are times when we feel small, times when we feel exhausted, times when we feel, again, part of my privilege, right? I, as again, as a white woman, I can speak up about racism. I can speak up about injustice and inequality. I can speak up about microaggressions. And at the end of the day, if I want to, I can just put that all to one side because that's not my lived experience every yeah. day so that's part of my privilege as a white person navigating our our society at the moment so there's something about um we, we need all our voices don't we we need to hear everyone's different story and everyone's different perspective and that can build um, you know more empathy more understanding I, I think I mentioned this a bit earlier in our conversation it feels like at the moment there's a lot of what we've taken for granted starts it's starting to feel a little bit under threat mm -hmm. so So we're speaking in the UK, there are some issues at the moment where there are kind of really basic democratic rights that are getting threatened and we, we it looks very big and it feels very hard to engage with that. But we need to pay attention and speak up about that because that's the stuff that over time erodes some of our fundamental freedoms. And there's there's a collective voice there, like who else is working on the on these issues and just join join in. Can you add your voice? Can you um donate if you can? Can you go on a march if you can? Can you write to your MP? What are the small, small ways that you can add your voice to that collective? You don't have to take things on by yourself. You don't have to be overwhelmed. There will be others who are who are also stepping in and using their voice. So how can you be part of that? That's the invitation. And finally, can I ask you, what does money mean to you? So money is an enabler. It allows choice about our lifestyle. We can be thoughtful about how we use our money, how we spend our money, how we invest it, the impact on the planet uh, with all of our consumption. And we can be thoughtful about how we use our money alongside the privileged conversation we've just had. And I think also money can be a massive source of pressure and stress. So it's brilliant that you're working on it and supporting us with our mindset and with really practical tips on how to navigate times that feel more squeezed and times that feel really tough. And um, I just a really practical thing that's helped me. I used to feel 
a lot of fear and overwhelm when it came to money and, yeah. and running my own business now for over 10 years. And um, a few incidents that have happened that I wasn't expecting that created a lot of drama and stress. So I've I've had to learn how to track and just keep on top of things. And I, I don't find that particularly easy. The things that have helped me, I've created a playlist, a money playlist. Yeah. Um, music really helps me to shift my state and feel good when I want to feel good. So I play that um, when I'm looking at my accounts and when I'm doing invoicing and when I'm um, paying my my suppliers and my providers <laughs> and my team. And it just enables me to go, oh, this is fun. It feels good. And bring that joy piece in around money, which, which feels really important. And then the last thing to say is affirmations, which are yeah. things we can say about ourselves and about our beliefs about who we are in the world. And I have a series of money affirmations that I also speak out and play while I'm doing the money stuff. And those those practices have really helped me um, bring joy, even when, you know, times are squeezed and we're looking at budget lines and it, it doesn't always feel easy. Um, but those practices have helped. Can you give me one affirmation? I love the one which is everything I desire is flowing my way. What that says to me is my heart and my thoughts and my actions and how I'm showing up are connected. So when I listen in to myself and tune in to what it is I really want, the contribution I want to make, I'm going to show up in line with that. And that includes with my money as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send your questions and comments your hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. And join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet for very first investor profile of Ray Dalio.